everyone. Thanks uh, for joining the podcast here at Hillside Church. I'm the lead pastor, Pastor Tim, and uh, we are excited about the message that uh, Pastor James preached this last Sunday. Um, It was uh, on Set Free, on the Freedom in Christ. And uh, so, Pastor James, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Appreciate it. Uh, This week, the title of the message was Freedom Through Christ, and we just looked at a couple different passages of Scripture and tried to dive into what it means to be free and how Jesus has uh, come to give us uh, freedom. We find in our story uh, in John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11, we find a story where this woman, she's caught in adultery, uh, and she's brought into the the temple in the morning when Jesus is there teaching, and and she's brought in front of the crowd, and she's pushed out in front of Jesus, and uh, Jesus is kind of put in a situation where he's teaching, and um, so all of a sudden this woman is being accused of adultery there in front of him, and uh, they ask him, they say, Jesus, you know the law of Moses says that we should stone such a woman, and uh, what do you say that we do? And really when we dive into the situation, we find that these people are, they're coming to do three things to Jesus. The first thing is, is that they're coming to uh, be able to accuse Jesus, one, of, of not being someone who follows the law. So they try to put him at odds with Jewish law. We find in Deuteronomy uh, 22, we find that section of scripture where it actually talks about what to do in the situation of an adulterer and how you do actually take them to the town gates and, and then you stone them there. And uh, another thing that they were trying to do with Jesus was they were trying to put him at odds with Roman law. We find out later on uh, when the Pharisees are actually trying to get Jesus arrested and get Jesus put to death that they, under their own courts, are unable to execute capital punishment and actually have to rely on the Roman government to be able to provide them an execution. Uh, The Roman government has to uh, come up with the conclusion that Jesus deserves to die. And you can see how that unfolds in that story. But So in this situation, they're trying to get Jesus to give the okay to stone this woman so that when they broke the Roman law of capital punishment, it would fall back on Jesus. And lastly, what they were trying to do is they were trying to make Jesus unpopular uh, with sinners because here is this woman, a sinner, and Jesus has been breaking bread with sinners and eating with them and clearly popular with these type of people that the Pharisees were not popular with and so they were very concerned uh, with that popularity so they're trying to really get him to sell out I guess or uh, throw one of the sinners under the bus and possibly that would affect the way the rest of the sinners view Jesus but what these people fail to understand is that Jesus actually understands what the law is intended to do and we find uh, in Romans what the law is actually uh, intended to do we find that Uh, in Romans uh, chapter 3 verses 19 and it says this it says for whatever the law says it says to those uh, under the law that every mouth may be silenced and every person held accountable to God so basically that the law is there to show us we need a savior that every person who falls under the law would be brought to the knowledge that they are not capable of providing for themselves a way of salvation because the law is there to point out our flaws because there is no possible way to keep it as a human and that's its job is to silence every mouth and to bring every mouth to silence that every person will be accountable to God so that's what Jesus allows the law to do in this situation so what he does is is he says uh, let the person who is without sin be the first person to cast the stone and when he says that that's where Jesus is giving space for the law to do what it does and it says that that everybody left from the oldest to the youngest they all left and so every single person in that place was brought 
to a place of silence was brought to a place where they were uh, at a reckoning with the fact that they, in fact, were not capable of following the entire law either. Therefore, they're guilty as well. So how could they be someone who's going to go and throw the stone at this woman? So Jesus turns to this woman and says, where are those who accuse you? She says, there's, there's no one, Master. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I think that go and sin no more was a prophetic statement by Jesus because Jesus hadn't died yet. And what I mean by that is that grace was given to her in an instance, but it was not established yet through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We find out later on that uh, when Paul writes, he says, what the law was powerless to do in the fact that it was weakened by human sin, God did by sending his own son as a as a sacrifice for humanity that we would be able to be given righteousness. So we find that the law actually has no power to make us perform better. Paul even writes about it and says that, you know, the more I found out about the law, the more I was conscious of my sin just because the law was powerless to make me stop doing what I had found was wrong. But grace actually comes and Jesus, the person, comes to extend grace in our life and that his spirit, his helper, would come and that we'll be able to live in a way that we are able to live as Jesus lived. And and we fi- I find it very interesting, you know, it also says, uh, when speaking of falling from grace in Galatians, uh, Paul talks about that if you are looking to circumcision or if you're looking to the law to qualify you in any, any way, what you're actually doing is you're removing yourself from grace and you're placing yourself back under the law. And when you do that, when you place yourself back under the law, not only do you find yourself in a cycle of powerlessness, uh, but you also are going to be placing yourself in a situation where you're accountable to not just that one law that you're using to qualify yourself, but you're actually using that law to make yourself accountable to the whole law. And as we found out, the law is there to tell us that we need Jesus. So if you're accountable to the whole law, you're going to come up in a situation where you're in need, where you're in lack of, and you're going to need Jesus. But if we remain under Jesus and we don't use the law to qualify ourselves, we'll find that in that we're actually going to find life. In that we're actually going to find meaning and we're actually going to find power. I think it's interesting like the story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and he says, Teacher, how can I how can I get eternal life? And Jesus says, Well, you know the law. Do these things and, and you'll have eternal life. And he says, Well, teacher, I've done those things since I was young, so I must be good. And Jesus says, Well, there's one thing you lack. Take everything that you have and give it to the poor and then come and follow me. And it says that the rich young ruler walked away sad because he was attached to his money because his money meant power, right? And and I think that a lot of us, we wish that we had money because it would give us some type of power or independence. And um, if we had these things, then we would be better. So he has these things and he's scared that if he gives these things away, he's going to be giving away his power and his independence. He's going to become something that, uh, that he looks down upon. He doesn't want to become that. But we find that when we operate under what Jesus has for us, then we actually have more power than we've ever had before, more power than we can grasp for on our own, right? Under the law, when we try to reach and try to do these things, we're going to fall short and we're going to be powerless. But if we attach ourselves to grace, then we'll be able to really get more than we've ever uh, 
gotten before as far as spiritually we're going to be able to make strides that we haven't been able to do on our own when trying to keep the law under our own power but rather to allow the grace of Jesus to be what propels us forward as opposed to uh, the grace of Jesus being something that just covers us and then we put then we continue to compete with the law and we stay in the cycle of powerlessness it's grace is actually the key not trying harder not knowing more of the law even though knowing the law is all good and fine and we should do that um, but actually pouring ourselves and chasing Jesus and, and living under grace is what provides power. So those are some of the things we talked about. And uh, it's like, it's not that we're trying to say as a church, the law is not important because that's not true at all. But we do want to say that Jesus came and is elevated above the law now. And he gives us a new law of spirit of life, the Bible says. And um, it's like the story of the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, where Jesus goes up the mountain with Peter, James, and John. And he goes up there and Peter, James, and John are there, which their names mean uh, the rock. And and then uh, James names uh, to supplant. And then... Um, and then obviously John's name it means grace so the rock has been supplanted by grace so the law the rock the Ten Commandments have been replaced by grace I think it's symbolic when Jesus takes them up there with him but when they're there Moses and Elijah appear now that's two generations of the law Moses is the giver of the law Elijah is the the one who reestablishes the law so it's two generations of law there and Peter says, you know, Jesus, it's important that we be here. I think that what we should do is we should honor Moses and Elijah and yourself, and we'll build these small little tabernacles, and we'll do this, and we'll and we'll just give honor to all three of you. And then it actually says that the Father interrupts from heaven. It's the second time he speaks audibly about Jesus, and he says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And what do you think that Jesus is going to say in this moment? You know, God has has interrupted Peter as he's trying to honor the law, which is no doubt not a bad thing, but he would like to let Peter know that though these two people are here and though that the law is represented here, it is not higher than Jesus. It's not a bad thing that Peter wanted to honor the law, but it is never okay to try and honor the law and Jesus in the same way because Jesus came to fulfill the law. Uh, and so when Jesus does this, uh, he comes. And as you study the New Testament, I encourage you, try and find the Old Testament laws that line up with the way that Jesus made his actions because there's a lot of them that Jesus is pushing the envelope on that Jesus is breaking because the law is something that was there to show people they need a savior now the law is not there for Jesus to show him he needs a savior because he is the savior so it's he he he's beyond it he's past it there's a lot of stories where we can go and we can show that to you and we're excited to do that to you in the future but all that to say this is that Jesus calls us to live by grace and when we live by grace then everything else will come in order if we if we seek Jesus first if we seek the kingdom of God first everything else will be added to us we need not worry about anything except pursuing our Savior and everything else will fall on the line you keep the first things first and everything will stay in order is what they say so we appreciate you for joining us on our podcast we encourage you to live in grace and live in freedom we love you guys and we can't wait to get with you next time as we start our new series called anointed we're pumped about that god bless if you'd like more information on hillside church go on our website at hillsideid.church or follow us on facebook or instagram we love you guys thanks bye